You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everybody, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, November the 4th, and I am sitting in beautiful, sunny, hot Newport Beach, California. Um, hey, Dave, up there in Canada. How's the weather? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I can't really complain. Um, it's starting to get chillier, starting to get more dismal, but to me, I, I view this as, as a beautiful thing because it had to go through this phase for me to get back to skiing. So, you know, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's almost a good thing to see. More of those Whistler trips, eh? That's right. That's right. And the top of the mountain in Whistler's already got the snow, so hopefully within another uh, few weeks, we'll have snow on the bottom of the mountain, and off we well, go. Dude, right on. I'm gonna be, you know what? I'm going to be joining you in Victoria in uh, mid-January, um, although it appears that my move to Victoria, um, move, my, my, my move back west probably isn't going to be happening, but... Um, it looks like I'm spending another winter in Toronto, but I'm not there now. I'm in, again, Newport Beach, California. Um, it's going to be 94 Fahrenheit here today, and I think I'm going to spend the rest of my working day sitting by the pool. It's going to be beautiful. I find it interesting that you're picking this time of year uh, to spend down in California, and then as winter approaches, let's get back to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, you know... You know um, Right around now, uh, there's not a lot happening in the business scene in uh, in, in in Canada. It's it's um, everything that that is going to be leading up to the holiday season is happening now. You know, this is there's not a lot of new business to gain, and um, I'm racing right now just to keep up with what I got to keep up with. And um, you know, you got to be somewhere as the weather turns foul in Toronto. 
California is not a terrible place to, you know, hang your hat for a month. Um, and I got it. I'm, uh, I've quite enjoyed my, 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 uh, trip to California, what I've been, what I've been calling the American experiment. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, it's been, you know, it's been really bizarre being down here during, um, during election season. Yeah. How did that go? I, I well, followed it up here very closely, obviously, but, uh, yeah, being in the trenches would be a little different. I've never been present for an American election. Uh, you know what? Two years ago, actually, two years ago today, Webmaster Radio was at AdTech in New York, and we did that famous, famous slash infamous, um, five and a half hour long election night broadcast, um, co-hosted by, uh, by the beautiful, talented, wonderful Shannon Poole. Um, that was the uh, great hope and change broadcast, uh, you know, with uh, the, the, the night that Obama was, uh, President Obama was elected. And that was a neat night. That, w- that night, New York partied. Uh, the streets were full of people drinking, slapping each other on the back, having a good time, having, you know, really just happy to be done with um, the George W. Bush era. Um, this election, very different vibe. Uh, a lot of anger, a lot of fear, a lot of a- antipathy. Um, Hunter S. Thompson's uh, phrase, fear and loathing, um, seems just to, seems to, you know, d- 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 it's a apt, apt expression of, I think, the uh, American mood for this election. Um, I can tell you about what happened here in California more than I can uh, tell you about what happened in Washington because I think what what happened on the on the national stage still remains to to be seen. But in California, um, two high tech heavyweights, um, uh, Carly uh, Fier- I always mispronounce her name, but I mispronounce everyone's names. So I can get away with it. Um, Carly Fiorina, Fier- former uh, CEO of HP. She was running against um, the senior senator from California, Barbara Boxer. Uh, she lost badly. And former eBay CEO, Meg Whitman, who incidentally spent more money on her run for governorship against uh, the once and future governor of uh, the state of California, Jerry Brown. Well, Meg Whitman, she lost badly as well. Um, now, if uh, people with, with memories of the history of HP and eBay will both remember that, uh, you know, Carly and Meg respectively both kind of lost at eBay and, um, and uh, HP as well. So um, that's kind of how it went down. There was another one that I, that I found um, very – one of the neat things about California elections is there's referenda on just about every issue. Um, you know, if, uh, if, the, if enough citizens want to put a referendum question on the ballot, they can get a referendum question on the ballot. And this is, happens on a, on a local and uh, state level. Mm-hmm. And one of the referenda questions um, called for the absolute legalization of marijuana. That was Prop 19. Which law? Which failed? Um, I think it was 54, 54% to 46%. 54% voted against Prop 19. And uh, 47, what was that noise? Um, 46% voted for it. Um, although, you know, widely speculated that uh, 
the people who were inclined to vote for um, Prop 19 may well have just forgotten it was election day. <laughs> hey, it was like, yeah. oh my, my God, it was election day? Dude. Damn. Um, so Prop 19 failed, and uh, that means that uh, marijuana is still technically illegal in California, although in my experience, the Californians just don't care one way or another. Um, probably a good thing, though, because but, you know, believe it or not, the legalization of, Cal of marijuana in California may well have set off a U.S. constitutional crisis. Well, Silly as that might sound. Because it, was, it, it still would have been illegal federally. And so exactly. now you would have the, the, uh, a, a sort of separation of what was being enforced and enforceable um, by the, the, the state um, law agencies versus the federal law agencies, and I mean, that would have just been, you know, you don't really want that. <laughs> uh, well, such, a, such a wide split on such a key issue. Um, well, and one, you know, one of the most the interesting dynamics about American politics is the tension between state rights and uh, federal, um, well, what the what state rights and federal, like, for want of a better word, responsibilities. Um, and uh, there's there's a, a feeling down here that the federal government um, ha is either taking or has acquired too much power over state rights. I don't feel qualified to judge one way or another. Um, I know the Canadian context where um, our provinces basically have almost absolute sovereign right. Um, and the only thing that really keeps the, the provinces in check is federal transfer payments. Do this or we don't give you money. Um, but uh, the dynamic down here is, is very different from that. Uh, but much like the Arizona um, immigration law, um, I think it was 10, either 10, uh, immigration law, uh, the Arizona law 1056 set off a constitutional issue between federal responsibilities and state rights. Um, the marijuana, Prop 19, would have set off a major uh, split between state law and federal law. Uh, forcing Obama to take the uh, or the Obama administration to take a very heavy hand on marijuana users, which you know doesn't seem like something that uh, the Obama administration you know doesn't hope change and pot, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a real lose lose for them had that actually passed. You know, <laughs> there was no the way whole... that uh, that the Democratic administration could have come out of that unscathed. These days, waking up in the morning is a lose-lose for, uh, for, for the Obama administration. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair. From an outsider's perspective, I do believe that um, they saved the economy from uh, years and years and years of careless neglect um, and outright lies, if you ask me. But um, they did it in an odious manner, something that leaves even a, a, a poor taste in my mouth. I'm not sure if there was anything else they could do, but anyway, enough politics, whatever. Let's have some fun. Uh, I want to. I want to tell the guests what we have coming. Who we have coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour? We have Michael Meyer from um, the from the Admire Group, uh, based out of Montreal. Michael is a local search expert. Uh, deals a lot with Google Places, and you know it's been a week since the major shift happened. We've had a chance to look at what the new Google search results are looking like, and we've actually seen Google make some adjustments and how they're appearing. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be interesting to hear what Michael has to say. But some other stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, 
Michael Gray, the great Gray Wolf, wrote an interesting piece on Flash and SEO in uh, the Wolf Howl blog today. Looks like MySpace is on the ropes. Uh, again. Um, <laughs> Twitter promoted tweets are appearing in Google, in Google search results now. And, of course, there's Richard Scranta's uh, new effort, Blacko. <laughs> Blacko. I want, you know what? I want to say Blacko till, till last because I just want to say that word over and over and over again. Blacko. <laughs> but. Blacko. Um, let's talk about, first off, Flash and SEO. The controversy continues, especially with Apple um, telling Adobe to, uh, well, to, you know, Go float some moonbeams. Um, Apple has sort of told Adobe to, you know, take a walk off the Santa Monica Pier. And uh, with the rise of, uh, you know, like like mobile devices, especially down here in America, iPhone is everything. Um, what do you do about Flash if you're an SEO? What do you do about Flash if you're a web designer? Um, in, in many cases, Flash makes a compelling user experience, but it's still sucky for uh, search marketing purposes, and it doesn't translate onto the iPhone or onto my BlackBerry. So, well, you know, and I mean, here's where, where the likes of, of Cindy Crum steps in, right, or, or, or Christine, but they're, you know, you need a different experience, and who doesn't? For uh, you know, for for mobile versus um, your desktop, you you couldn't. It'd be very very difficult to build one unified experience that translates perfectly back and forth. I mean, that's that's not the way that it works, right? You're going to need to put um, you know browser detection in and, and and provide a slightly different experience for each. Um, I mean, on on Flash, I get asked that all the time. I'm sure you do too. What do we do with Flash? You know, how does how does Flash? You know, I've heard Adobe is getting better with Flash and working with Google to. Treat it like an image. That's what I always say. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? Yes, this may happen. That may happen. Yes, they might get better. You know, there may be glitches. <clears throat> because it's such an unknown <clears throat> as far as SEO goes, I usually just recommend, you know what? Go ahead. Use Flash. It provides for a fantastic um, experience. I have some design being done on our site. It's going to incorporate some Flash in there. And that Flash is going to be treated like an image. <laughs> and then we will then proceed through in, in the rest of it um, and, and optimize the, the rest of the content the way that we would optimize that content, treating the flash you know, like, a, like a non-issue sort of thing. Um, if you want to be solid on that, just make sure that you know, the, the text that's, that's actually put into the flash is put in more in, a, in an image-based system, and, and you know, you're going to be fine. So then you know this is inert. Right, this does not count as anything, and then and then move on to the rest. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. I'm sure all of our listeners have seen it. Flash sucks for SEO, but it's fantastic for visitors. So, you know, and, and Apple. I mean, you know, Flash has got their own issues with uh, with Adobe Reader right now, and um, some some you know uh, serious security issues when you combine these two things. I mean, we've had to you know we had to temporarily shut down Flash in our office. Um, you know, or, or disable it, which of course screws up when you're trying to to use some of um, you know Google's features, um, getting into their analytics and stuff like that. So um, but we had to disable it here until we found the, our own manual workaround patch. And so um, Flash is actually causing some other problems, <laughs> you know, in and of itself. And certainly, if if um, if these browser manufacturers aren't including it by default, um, that's certainly going to reduce its its value. So they're going to have to get that sorted out. Um, and then SEOs are going to have to learn to, to trust it or treat it, um, you know, 
either either Adobe has to come out and say, you know what, we've actually decided that we're just going to make this totally uncrawlable, um, and now treat it like an image. You know, 100% of the time, treat it like an image. So SEOs, now you know what to do, right? That this is inert, it does nothing. Um, you know, or... Um, you know they're they're going to have to make this thing flawless, which is never. You know, I, I doubt that's ever going to happen. And they're going to have to deal with these security issues that are that are creeping up all over the place with uh, with hacks into into Flash that, that's causing you know serious problems over and over and over again. The latest is is the most uh, significant of them. But um, well, anyway, as, as SEOs, we increasingly come. We're gonna. We are increasingly coming across sites that are, are using Flash. Designers love it, and yeah. so I dropped. Uh, I dropped the link to the Wolf Howell blog, um, flash-bad-seo, into the Webmaster Radio chat room. And if you're in the chat room, please uh, take please go take a look at this article. At the very bottom, um, Michael Gray gives five tips on how to deal with Flash. Most importantly, if you do use Flash or you have to use Flash, try avoiding putting it in mission-critical paths like main navigation and checkout. Um, if you do have to put it in a mission-critical area... Make sure you create multiple versions of the same website. They have the resources to support it. Um, or you'll have to be using, you know, user detection to figure out if it's a Firefox browser or a, a search bot or a iPhone or whatever is accessing your website. And if you don't do that right, it's going to look like you're cloaking and you're going to get in double trouble. Check out uh, the article on wolfhowl.com. Uh, for those who aren't in the Webmaster Radio chat room, it's wolf-howl.com slash SEO slash Flash dash bad dash SEO. Pretty sure Michael's making his opinion known just with that title. Um, but Grey Wolf experiments like nobody's business. Check out what he's got to say about that. And, well, do it soon because if you don't, you won't have time to go to MySpace before MySpace goes black. Um, News Corporation had an earning call yesterday. This is reported by Doug Cleverly in uh, Web Pro News. And, um, According to Doug, News Corp Chief Operating Officer Chase Carey told investors, We've been clear, MySpace has been a problem. I think it's something we're going to look to judge in quarters, not in years. It looks like the venerable but suffering social network MySpace, which is trying to rebrand itself as, you know, entertainment space, is um, going to be going dark in... Uh, well, maybe a matter of months. Um, yeah, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? MySpace <laughs> is like the Democrats of, uh, of social networks, eh? <laughs> all, this, all this hope and talent and, you know, just hopeless execution. Well, you know, there's, there's the execution, and then, I mean, there, there comes a, a sort of point where, um, you know, you and I have to look as from the outside where... I'm sure you remember the day when MySpace was it. I mean, you, you were certainly there for it. I remember the day when MySpace was. It, it was the Facebook um, event. It, yeah. I think it had a lot to do with the marketing um, and, and just the way that Facebook approached the entire issue that it, you know, MySpace just, just didn't execute right. Um, and and it, it, it is a shame that all of that talent kind of went to waste. Um, but yeah, they, it's like they, they just somehow missed that boat. It was theirs to lose, um, and, and they did. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they did lost, lose it. They lost that. It was, you know what? I think the big problem with MySpace um, is, A, much like Yahoo, it's not Facebook. 
uh, Yahoo's biggest problem. It's not Google. Um, and also, its management team just hasn't capitalized on it on um, opportunities it could have taken advantage of. Um, right. It never. I mean, MySpace was an AOL property for the longest. No, I'm sorry, it was a News Corp property. And News Corp has like all these amazing resources. I, News Corp drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, they do. They, they, they as a corporation, they just make me want. They just make me want a blacko. Um, the. Uh, Yes, there's planes. I'm, I'm actually, Brasco, there's planes flying over me. I'm right beside Ronald Reagan International Airport in Orange County. So, yep. Um, MySpace could have taken advantage of so many opportunities. Uh, they're part of one of the largest content networks in the world, part of one of the largest shopping networks in the world through uh, News Corporation. I mean, hell, News Corporation owns Fox. Like, there's content. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know sane and rational people agree with the content it's still lots of content um and let's, let's face it fox makes amazing like television programming if they aside from news um david ogletree is like you know i there's no reason they shouldn't have uh, he's in the newsroom saying there's no reason they couldn't make money he feels he could turn myspace into a profitable company and you know i bet you he could it's just a matter of uh well doing something with it and cleaning up the gross, ugly, just pukish code that, that people are using at MySpace. It's, um, yeah. Indeed. And, I mean, I think, I, I think you kind of are, are going in an interesting direction with that, where I think, you know, MySpace, while it could have been Facebook, you know, going, going way back, had they done the right things and approached it in the right, the right way, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, at this point, um, you know, I think, they have to realize that they can't be that now. Um, so, yeah, they, they need to figure out, if, if they want to become profitable, they need to figure out something, um, you know, to do that is different um, than Facebook. They, they can't be that same social network. And, and you mentioned it earlier, it does appear that they're trying to become, you know, the entertainment um, you know, aspect of things. Good for them, because it's really just bands and stuff that are, that are on there now actively anyway. Um, so if they can hit that, I mean, you know, will they be profitable? Well, can't, why can't, I mean, like, you remember the olden days when you actually had to pay money for music and it wasn't through iTunes, you went to a record store? Why Whoa, can't they capitalize on crazy. just that? Oh my goodness, they have every independent now. band in the world and they can't figure this out. <laughs> Brain suck. Oh, <laughs> makes me so bad. Um, okay, so... Friends, if you like MySpace, you can't see the smile on my face, but if you like MySpace, go visit it soon. Give it some love. You know, hold its hand while uh, it takes its last breaths um, and kiss its ass goodbye because I think it's gone in the next six months. Agreed. Okay, how about something else that's probably gone in the next six months? Um, the new... Okay, you know what? I, I can tell you something that's going to be gone in the next six seconds. That's going to be us. We got to we got to step away for about two minutes here, um, because we've gone way over time to take a break. So, uh, Dave, we have to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology Thursday, the fourth of November. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. 
The lower the temperature drops, the closer you are to AFCON 2010 Miami. Book a luxurious suite for AFCON 2010 Miami at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort and Club by logging on to bit.ly slash AFCON Miami. Escape the cold and embark to our winter oasis for affiliate marketers at AFCON 2010 Miami, December 8th through 10th. You can register now by going to AFCON2010.com. That's A-F-F-C-O-N 2010.com. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka sound all the time? In my new book, ka How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays. I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. New York Times best-selling author and serial entrepreneur, Joel Kahn. The deal with Twitter is that although we are in front of our computers all the time and we're using all this technology, the bottom line is that there's a reason the word social is in social media. Twitter is still about people. Your business is about people. It's not about your products and your services. It's about your customer and the value that you can bring to your customer using the power of social media. The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We're rounding towards the bottom of the hour. It's uh, now 11, 11.26 on the West Coast, uh, 2.26 on the East Coast. And uh, we actually have uh, Michael Meyer, um, founder and CEO of GetMeListed.net. He's sitting on hold uh, while Dave and I have a little bit of fun with words. My favorite word of the day is blacko. <laughs> okay. Now, now Dave, I, I, I know that... that um, you haven't spent a lot of time playing with with Blecko yet, um, probably for good reason. Um, you know <laughs> why? Um, but you know, I, I do think we got to give props to the founder Richard Screnta. He's done some amazing stuff in the tech industry over the years. He was one of the one of the uh, founders and originators of the Open Directory project. And yeah, I know the thing turned into a big pile of suck, but it was uh, fairly essential back in the day. Um. They uh, they suck now, of course. The uh, dmoz.org is, well, less than relevant, um, less than irrelevant, in fact. But Richard Screnta has, again, done some amazing stuff in the, uh, in, the, in the search and online space. And 
He started a new search engine called Bleko, B-L-E-K-K-O.com. And it's a, uh, more than a search engine, it's more of an uh, expert document engine. Uh, Richard claims that Bleko goes and searches only trusted authority pages um, to find trust and authority. Uh, and then they named it Bleko. What the WTF? I mean, Blacko. Why? Why do people do this, Dave? Um, uh, you know, this this whole Yahoo went well. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll give because I I'll give it to him because I thought it was ridiculous to come up with a name like Bing. Yeah, I, I just did, and and I think you did too. You know, we all kind of made fun of him. Um, you know, when this whole, you're going to call a search engine Google? Really? Google? Is that like goggles? Um, the, the stupid names seem to work well <laughs> in, uh, in this industry. And Blecko, I mean, simply because it is a silly name, how many times have we mentioned it just in the last 40 minutes? I don't know, many. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's in a weird way. It's working. It, it's, it sticks in my head. I, I remember the name. So... Uh, it, it was effective, weird, but effective. Oh, yeah. It, it, you ever you ever see Space Ghost TV show Space Ghost? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Oh, it's, uh, and it's an Adult Swim uh, uh, cartoon. I think they run it on the Comedy Network up in Canada, but um, it's Adult Swim down here in America. Um, and uh, well, Space Ghost has a uh, TV talk show, and his his uh, uh, announcer slash foil is this uh, big bug that. Well, he would say Blacko over and over and over again. I'm positive that's where the name comes from. His name's Brack. Uh, I don't know why I'm going off on the Space Ghost tangent, but that's what I think of when I think of Blacko, and I think that's really a problem for Richard Screnta and crew. I'm pretty imaginative, but uh, like if um, if uh, first thing I think of is a cartoon praying mantis named Brack, when I think of your search engine, I'm probably not going to think of your search engine very often, although i got to tell you, I am a fan of Brack. <laughs> I think we're looking at either Bleco or Black Uh-Oh. Yeah, I have a feeling you're... I have a feeling you're... I, I've never... Not recently, anyway, have I seen startups like this go, go extremely well, but... Um, you know, time will tell. Time will it's tell. Maybe, cool. maybe we'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. C I C U I L. Cool. <laughs> no. No. Oh my God! Is that is that is that Space Ghost? No, okay. I'm just responding to you where where I'm not trying to talk in here. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, you know, cool wasn't so cool. We were, and we were kind of cruel to cool, but they deserved it. And I'm afraid, I don't know, you know what? Starting a search engine is very difficult. I remember having a conversation with Jeremiah Andrick when he was working for Microsoft Live. We were sitting at a large table. Actually, one of your guys was there, Dave. Um, Daryl was there. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jeremiah turns to the whole table. And, after, you know, we were kind of like, well, what's taking so long with Live? What's the problem with it? And Jeremiah's like, guys... Do you have any idea how hard it is to make a search engine? <laughs> and, you know, you know. Immediately, we all felt like idiots. So, <laughs> well, and he, he was right. It's like right, right. That whole like Google's taken you know like a decade to get it to where it is, and now these guys have to compete with them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he, he was he was spot on, spot on, right? And uh, yeah, it, we did feel kind of stupid. And I mean, the thing is, is, is it's launched as we heard last week, and I'm sure we'll discuss a, a little more this week. Um, you know, they they have done some things really right, so it was it was worth the wait for them. Yeah, and you know what? I'll uh, I'll give this to Richard Screnta and to the whole team at Blacko. Good effort, folks. Like you're doing it. You're trying something. You're innovating. You're you're pushing boundaries, and you know that's uh, that's laudable. Um, don't know if it's going to be successful, but it's certainly laudable. Okay, the last thing I want to I want to talk about before we get to our guest, uh, Michael Meyer, CEO of um, uh, <laughs> CEO of. Uh, where do I put these? Admire Marketing. I'm such an idiot. Admire Marketing. GetMeListed.net, who's actually live on, on live right now. Um, Twitter has come up with a new deal with Google. Um, as people have been watching over the last week, they've seen that Twitter is uh, now uh, corporate-sponsored tweets that will come up at the top of your Twitter page or um, certain Twitter clients. Well, they'll also come up in Google search results under the right keyword phrases. And, uh, Dave, what do you think um, of, you know, paid tweets as a uh, as a, a revenue model for them for uh, for Twitter or for Google for Twitter <laughs> um, you know I think it's all right I mean the, the, the thing is is if it's done right as long as it doesn't get to being ridiculous if they follow kind of a, a, a Google-esque model of, of things and I use Google as an example of how advertising um, can be done right um, where it's it's kind of non-invasive. It's right in front of me. I'm going to catch it every single time, but it, it's, it's not going to be something that I am annoyed with. It's not going to block my experience. So as long as I can kind of follow that model and make sure I'm not getting inundated with these things constantly, you know, set limits per day and, and stuff like that on what my account can get hit with, I think it could be quite effective. Um, and I mean, the, the, the matter of, of the fact is, is they, they need to generate revenue. <laughs> right? And so... How, how else are they going to do that? I mean, that's, that's what all of us do. Right? I mean, we, we, you know, all of these, these entities, they sell advertising. That's their revenue. That's how they can offer us a free service. So um, I don't have any problem with it. I just, you know, they'll need to make sure they do it right. If they don't, then I will have a problem with it, and I'll just stop using it, as will a lot of other people. So, Well, not sure that's going to happen. Um stop using it. Twitter is such an amazing communication device. Um, I, I'm, I'm addicted still, and I'm, you know, I, I see Twitter-driven traffic going across uh, sites that I'm responsible for. I'm really pleased yep. with, the, with the way we're able to drive and actually shape traffic, um, you know, in, in certain hours using Twitter. Um, so, we'll see what happens if it, be, yeah, if it becomes yet, you know, in, in my biggest problem with, with this approach is yet again the organic serps are pushed down on page a little bit further in Google search results, and at the end of that all, and we're going to be talking about that in just a few minutes when Michael Meyer from GetMeListed.net comes on. At the end of it all, it's pushing organic SEO into what are essentially paid areas if you want to be listed um, in what would be a local uh, search or a locally related search. Um, if you're a national play, you're doing AdWords. Anyway, we have Michael Meyer on the line, and he's, he's a very patient fellow. I have to ask him to be patient for at least two more minutes so that we can actually have a 
long, a long conversation. I want to take one more break before we get to Michael and talk about Google Places and Google Locals. So, friends, you're listening to Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO and Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. This is Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. We're back talking Google Local after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hi, this is Joel Kamm. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Hi, this is Joel Kahn. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. Rock the world with LinkedIn, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, November the 4th. We are at just past the bottom of the hour. We have about 20 minutes to go. And online, we have Mike Meyer, um, founder and CEO of GetMeListed.net. Mike, welcome to Webmaster Radio. Thanks for having me, Jim. Actually, you know, I think appropriate. It's welcome back to Webmaster Radio because we had you on a few months ago talking about local search. That's right. Well, now we obviously have a lot more to talk about. Um, let's just jump right in. A number of our shows uh, 
on on the network have covered have covered Google Places and the change to Google SERPs over the last week. I bet out there in Montreal, you guys tell me the truth. Were you cracking the champagne when you heard the announcement last week, or what? <laughs> well, when I uh, when I did a search and I found that it finally came up, it, it was definitely exciting because it proves that Google is continuously trying to. Uh, update and foil everyone's game and keeping us on our toes and it just makes the services that we offer that much more valuable now you know where where before you know anyone with a little bit of knowledge of you know how to basically enter their information into google was claiming that they can do whatever they want to get themselves ranked in google now you actually need someone who's done research and continues to do research and and kind of understands the serps a lot better and so it's i think it's going to be very good for business going into 2011 well, how has the advent of Google Places heavy SERPs affected the practice of organic SEO in your mind? Can you? I, I didn't catch that first part, Jim. I'm sorry. Well, the advent or the, the, the promotion of Google Places affected SERPs. How is that going to affect organic SEO, in, in, in your opinion? I think it's – I think it's – it's a mixed bag because depending on what keywords you're getting, sometimes you're getting the local mixed into the traditional SERP. So, for example, I'm just looking at here, I typed in Houston barbecue, and I'm getting the local results mixed in with uh, traditional you know, website uh, results. So, the first one I have here is Good Company as an example. So, they have their website metadata on top. So, it's not as bad as, if, as in some other listings where you just have <coughs> the locals ranked, you know, primarily on the page and, and I think the way that um, Blumenthal and, and some of the other uh, bloggers were were noting it earlier in July when they first did some tests as kind of the the local kind of monopolizing the first the front page but then again like you said earlier if you're let's say a uh, national brand it definitely hurts if, especially if you don't have local locations because you just become that much less relevant in in the search results and and you know, based on some of the data that we've seen out there, I think as early as or as late as June, about 20% of all search volume right now has some local intent built into it. And I think that I know you've been preaching this a long time, Jim, but as we move more and more to our mobile devices, our our content or, or our search intent is going to be a lot more hyper local related. So I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's looking too good right now if you're an online only play. Now, this obviously, like I, I'm looking, I, I punched in the same thing that you'd looked at, Houston Barbecue, and I, I'm looking through the results here, and I mean, you know, I give this as an example, but you can see it all over the place. Um, and of course, we see that the, the ones with the, you know, that have on the map that have the places um, are given some preferential treatment, not just in, you know, the, the sort of click-through aspect of things where they're getting images and, and this and that, but the reviews are showing, and, and you can see from their placement that these reviews obviously are, are having some impact on the order that they're getting um, now in the organic results. What is Google going to do, and, and how big a problem do you think it's going um, to be to combat uh, the, the spamming of reviews? Like, Are they basically setting themselves up to face the, the early days of, of page rank and, and link building? <laughs> I definitely think that the reviews are going to have a very similar um confidence level or or signal level to the algorithm similar to to links but uh i've said this on multiple occasions and i'll continue to preach this is that review spamming i don't think it's going to work it may work a little here and there 
but overall, when you're going to be competing with, uh, you know, for example, the first result I have has 170 reviews, it's tough to compete with that and make it look legitimate. And Google is becoming smarter and smarter all the time in the way they're deciphering the data. So if you click onto the places page, you're going to have, um, <clears throat> I'm just going to go there right now, you're, you're going to have basically a synopsis of the reviews. And it basically, uh, it breaks it down into the semantic category. So in this case, it's barbecue, food, beans, potato, barbecue, as well as some other things. And it basically aggregates all that information from all of the other review sites or reviews that it's finding online. Now, another important thing is that a lot of these review sites have their own quote-unquote police force. And they'll call you out in, in a flash. You know, these guys either have no life or they really care about their community and they police it. And they, they've, they'll pick you out pretty quickly if, if, they, if they see you trying to, uh, you know, trying to bluff your way into uh, great reviews. And so I think that Google will be able to pick that up with their algorithm. And I've read some, I've read some research that's indicating that Google maybe places a little bit more emphasis or weight to reviews based on the reviewer and the age of the review as well. So can it be gamed? I'm sure it can. But is it going to help you in the long run? I'm going to say less and less uh, likely going forward. And I'd like to jump in here just really quickly to illustrate a quick point. Um, Kyle, like in the Webmaster Radio chat room, notes it's a lot harder to review to review spam. And I'm uh, I'm assuming he means it's harder to write a good review over spammy sites. Although he might mean it's harder to spam review pages. Uh, or for Google to, to capture or to, to uh, figure out what is and is not review spam. Um, think about patterning. Uh, think about how business is done. Uh, you outsource uh, your spam review campaign to uh, Bulgaria, Indonesia, India, wherever. And these guys have a quota to meet in a certain amount of time. So there's going to be certain patterns that establish themselves. And Google will see those. Google's amazing at spotting patterns. Hundred percent, as as well as you know. Don't forget, though, you know it's not so easy to to spoof IP addresses. Meaning, like you know, if you're coming from the Philippines or Eastern Europe or Asia, you know, it becomes harder and harder. And and a lot of these local sites have their own detection mechanisms built in to essentially detect whether or not you're coming from a local IP address. You know, and so many only so many people could come on vacation from Eastern Asia and you know go to your barbecue restaurant in Houston before. Like you said, Google will detect, you know, a clear become suspicious to that point. Also, don't forget language. You know, Americans in, you know, let's say Houston speak a little bit differently than Americans in New York or in L.A. So to be able to replicate those speech patterns or that language becomes harder and harder, especially if you're going to try and spam it. Well, you know what? Somebody from Texas just jumped into the uh, chat room. David Ogletree writes, what are you all talking about? Google just places Google Places info into SEO results. You have to rank using SEO. Now, Michael, you and I have had uh, a number of conversations about Google Places, especially around getmelisted.net. Um, what do you got to do beyond good SEO, you know, good titles, good contents, good incoming links, etc.? What do you got to do to get a stellar placement using Google Places? Well, what we're finding is is more and more citations or what we call user-generated content. That's basically other mentions of your business with the consistent information around the Internet. And Google uses these 
citations or user-generated content around the internet as credibility. So nobody really knows yet what you know how many different considerations there are in the local places algorithm. And based on what we've seen, is it, it's really the quality of where we're placing these citations or user-generated content that's helping our customers. Um, that's not to say that you know in some less competitive categories, you may that's all you may need is some good SEO in your places page. Well, um, David Ogletree just threw a link into the chat room, and I'm just confirming that this is one of his. Um, he has, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, the URL that came up number one above Google Places. In fact, without a Google Places listing. Well, it's not one of his, but um, there was a, if you click on, if you type in Houston Jones Act Lawyer, the first result is not a Google Places URL. Why would that happen? I, I, as I understood it, Google was going to place its local search results above organic um, organic placements. And is this, is Google just shuffling results around as an experiment, or is this a hard, fast rule? They want to put local above I think like I said at the beginning of the uh, when I first came on I, they're definitely showing multiple different uh, pages in, in different formats and I'm, I'm a firm believer that they're definitely testing it out uh, they've at the end of the day Google you know Google's in business to not only give us information that's relevant to us but to make money so in whichever format that they that they could optimize the quote unquote user experience and probably turn the highest you know profit per page or per link, then that's what they're going to end up going with. And you know, like we said, Houston barbecue, I'm showing two organic results before I get to my first local result. And I've seen there's about four or five different uh, we'll call them templates that that they are experimenting with. And uh, right now, it's I think it's all up in the air. Well, if I can add to that, I think what we've got also is a, is a bit of a scenario where um, there's a lot of room for confusion, especially when we've launched something as new as this and, and to say, well, here's this, this example. Um, and, and I'm glad it was brought up, this, this specific example here where, yeah, a, a non-places-based um, result is higher. I don't think we've hit a scenario where Google's going to go, fantastic, we've got you know, these 200-plus other signals that we're going to look at, but let's just throw those out the window and, and focus in on, on just the ones that are in the map. I think they're being added in as a function among others or as a, one factor among many, definitely a weighted factor. Um, but I think it's, it's also going to be a, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because like we have, um, you know, for example, the click-through rate of a, of a specific result um, can impact the results over time. Don't bother running out and, and clicking on your own site. Um, but, you know, over time and on mass, if we see click, you know, if Google sees high click-through rates, they're going to know this is relevant and increase it. Well, now we've got, you know, things like images and little balloons beside it and, you know, it's showing up on the map. So naturally, this is going to improve the click-through rate. Um, and now we've added not just the fact that it's listed with places, but also that the click-through rate is, is improved. Um, you know, we all of a sudden hit another factor among many and, and another advantage to, to these sites. I would bet if we did this search again, um, you know, three months from now or so, we would probably see 
um, what is it, Jones Act and Maritime Injury Law, um, beat out Gulf Coast Jones Act lawyers. So, um, you know, I think over time, and, and you know, we've, we've got to remember, we've got a one-week-old technology here. I mean, it went into testing before that, sure, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's a fairly new technology. There's going to be a lot of adjustments. But I think over time, we're going to see these, these map results and, and, you know, the places-based sites getting higher and higher and, and having larger and larger impact, especially as we as SEOs and, and marketers, um, you know, work out better ways to work with our clients to get those real reviews in there and, and helping them get their clients um, doing these reviews and things like that. Um, I think that you know, we're, we're going to see the cream rise to the top in, the, in, in respect to the people with places accounts being the cream in this case. Basically, uh, just just to finish off that that thought, and um, like really, I think we're we're hitting a spot. Now, I covered the it's it's one factor among many. I assume that part was still audible. Um, so, I think what or or, or heard um, once we take into account things like the click through rate advantages of these things, the the, the you know the the certain advantages of having the balloon and the images beside the advantage that's going to give in click through rate, which is sort of a known factor uh, among others. I think over time we're going to see, you know, assuming that the places accounts are the cream, we're going to see the cream rise to the top and a bigger competition for, um, you know, specific reviews being done. I think, you know, we as marketers are going to start focusing in on working with our clients um, to help them get their clients to do reviews for them and, and these sorts of things. So um, I think over time as this develop, um, technology develops, as we as marketers start figuring out ways to use it to give our clients that leg up, um, I think we're going to see more and more of these, these places-based um, sites showing up in local. I think that was a really good point um, about you know, mobile launching forward and, and the assumption that one can make that the person searching from their mobile is, you know, well, we know exactly where they are and what they're doing and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I think we're just going to see this get more and more important over time. And um, I, and I think Jim, like you, find um, 20% being the estimate of, of local-based um, searches. That's got to be I find low. that a little That's got to be. It was um, actually from Comscore in June. Yeah, I know, but it, I mean, I, I know the stat. I read the stat. It just doesn't like when I'm searching for something. I'm I, either I'm looking for like information for research, or I'm looking to buy something. And if I'm looking to buy something, I probably want to buy it locally. I want to go out into a shop. That just you know, that's been standard marketing thought for the last five six years. Or I'm searching for my from my mobile device more and more frequently. Just seems twenty percent feels low. I agree. You know, look, at the end of the day, I don't have the resource capabilities or the research capabilities rather than as as same as Comscore, but I'll take I'll take their I'll take their word and and I, you know, I'll I'll be willing to bet that it's essentially going to be uh you know, be growing at a, you know, much rap uh or a much faster pace than maybe it was in in, in the past. Um a couple other things I want to add is that uh Dave, even though you were breaking out, I I think based on what you were saying is I tend to agree and you know you can check out our you know our services you can call us toll free one 877 we'll be happy to uh, to take a look at what our uh, you know what your issues are and, and obviously if you want to get listed but most importantly we're, we're actually testing uh, a couple of neat little tools right now for customers to get reviews. You know, it's not always the easiest way, especially if you have to direct them to uh, Google or Yelp, and then they have, to, then the customer has to have an account there. But we're we're testing out some pretty cool 
little tools that a customer could come leave a review and we're you know we're getting good results in where it's getting picked up by the engines. Another no, thing no, I want to sorry Jim okay. I, another thing well, I, thing I, I add, want to yeah, go for it go for it go for it. No worries. This the the latest rendition of, of the Google SERPs I think is a really great example of universal search where you have the picture you have the local you have the reviews you have an address and a website all integrated into one and I think that as Google tests this, we'll see even better integrations and quote-unquote mashups of universal search in, in super relevant ways. Well, let's hope that uh, Google improves the SERPs. I think there's a lot of people out there who are wondering what's going to be happening next. Um, ranking in local is fairly easy, although I think, uh, to, to add to something that uh, Fadekin added, um, if you have a quarter of a clue, you can get a, a local listing, although for SEOs with a lot of clients, there's a labor issue involved, a time issue involved. I think that's one of the reasons why, why SEOs traditionally have done poorly in serving local results. Oh, I'm sorry, serving clients who need local results. Um, Michael, how many data points does one have to fill in to um, get a good Google Places result? Whew, Jim, that's a tough question. It, uh, the answer is, I guess, it depends. <laughs> um, but overall, you know, the more the better. You know, the, the, more, the more data points, if you're talking about data points of actually in the Places page itself, the more the merrier. You know, obviously we need to get categories in there. We need to have a, a, a relevant description. And obviously, uh, Google weights it based on a percentage. So if you had a video, if you had photos, if you had a phone number, an alternative phone number, an email address, a website, all of these go to your places page being complete. Obviously, we can't go above 100%. And then in terms of data points or maybe what you would also call signal points, uh, the more competitive the industry, the more places you, know, you need to get your information out there on the web so that Google can validate it and, and, and feel confident that your result is one of the, or your business listing is one of the best ones out there for that particular search term. Well, um, Michael Meyer, CEO of GetMeListed.net, I have a dozen more questions I'd like to ask. Unfortunately, we're stuck with the tyranny of time. We're at the top of the hour here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. There is some great live programming coming up on the network uh, following Webcology. So, friends, stick around. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger of Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. And please remember, you can listen to Webcology every week, live, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11, p 11 a.m. Pacific. You can uh, get podcasts out of the WebmasterRadio.fm archives. You can also grab our podcasts on iTunes, and you can hear us live on iTunes Radio. And uh, grab our podcasts at all fine podcasts and distribution outlets. Stay with the network, friends. we got some great programming coming up after this. And again, on behalf of Dave, we'll talk to you next week.